Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, July 6th, and we're doing something a little bit different today on the FT News Briefing. The Financial Times is kicking off a series called The New Social Contract. It's a week of long-form reported reads that will explore the resilience of our economy and society in light of coronavirus, and how we need to rethink the place of finance, business, and the role of the state. To understand where to start on these questions, I'll turn to none other than our chief economics commentator, Martin Wolf. As part of this series, he's looked at the damage caused by the pandemic, as well as the social and economic framework needed to repair it. I'm Mark Filipino. If you look back over the past 75 years or so, Western societies have enjoyed several eras of economic growth and stability. These can be divided into the social democratic era that began after the Second World War and ended in about 1970. This was followed about a decade later by the global free market, or the Thatcher-Reagan consensus. But could the economic shock caused by the global pandemic force us out of this global free market era completely? Martin Wolf, the FT's chief economics commentator, joins me now to discuss this idea and what comes next. Hi, Martin. Uh, Hi, good to be with you. It's good to have you. Martin, I want to talk a little bit about the so-called Milton Friedman era, which was characterized by liberalized markets, low taxes, and a focus on controlling inflation. You point out that it succeeded in reducing global inequality and poverty. But fast forward to where we are today, what, in your view, were the weaknesses that led to its undoing? Well, I'm looking at this very much from the point of view of the Western democracies, predominantly European countries and the United States. So for those countries, there were quite big increases in inequality in the UK, particularly in the 1980s, in the US more consistently. There were marked changes in the labor market and particularly deindustrialization, which destroyed the good jobs that many working class people, particularly working class men, had enjoyed. This went along with huge cultural changes as well. And there was obviously an increasing sense of what have now come to be called the left behind. The left behind as people and the left behind as the regions in which they live. So it's this division in society between the most successful and the relatively less successful, which has brought with it large political, economic, and social problems. Right. And we'll talk a little bit more about the reaction by the people who who have and felt like they've been left behind in a little bit. But first, uh, Martin, I want to know, can these weaknesses be fixed or do we need a system that's just radically different? I think this is a very profound question. They certainly can't be fixed, in my view, by going back or trying to go back to where we were in 1970. What lies behind this are very profound processes, in particular deindustrialization. But beyond that, there have been other processes, the vast growth of the financial sector, the influence of the financial sector upon our economies. And as a result of that, and also changes in corporate governance, it does appear that an increasing proportion of income accrues to people right at the top of the income distribution. Now, some of this cannot be changed, nor obviously can the fundamental transformation of the labor market that comes from the increased involvement of women in it. These are fundamental changes, and most of them are welcome. 
But there are some things that we could do something about while preserving the core of our economy as a market economy and as an open economy. But it would mean changes in corporate governance, fundamental changes in the way we treat debt, changes in the tax system and the way that the tax system is implemented, and changes in public spending. We have to do this, I'm arguing in this piece, by thinking of the new stage, our next stage, as one in which we focus on what is needed to make the idea of citizenship work. Yeah, and I'm actually interested in in just having you kind of define what you mean by a citizen in, in this case, and, and why this concept of citizenship is, is key for progressing uh, and moving forward. Well, it's just my way of thinking about this. Successful periods have always been based on a new consensus in which people can share, which people can feel, okay, we differ on policy, we have big differences, but we do share an idea about what we're trying to do. And I'm putting forward citizenship as such an idea we might share because it's rooted in the idea of democracy. It's rooted in the idea of a fundamental equality. And it is rooted in the idea that citizens have a voice in policy and they're also the principal aim of policy. It's the aim of government to protect the citizens and, in my view, to help them lead fulfilled lives. Both the social democratic and the free market eras then will have ended in economic turbulence. Martin, is there a way to ensure longer-term stability and and prosperity for the Western world? I don't think there are ever definitive solutions. There are only provisional answers. Life is a constant process of learning and adjusting. So what we do have to say now is what can we do for the next generation or so to make this workable? What are our challenges now? And I think the challenges are to make society work better. So it's collective. It can't be purely individualistic. There has to be a root idea that animates this notion of making society work. And I'm suggesting that idea is in this bedrock notion of a democracy, namely citizenship. The notion we have of the active players in this environment is much broader than it used to be. Our views of how society should work, who matters in it, have obviously transformed. The economics of our society have transformed. Our position in the world has transformed with the rise of China and other emerging countries. We have new challenges like climate change, above all, and the rise of artificial intelligence. So it's a new set of challenges. And within that, I think if the politicians of the center right and the center left, or maybe even further right and left, focus on thinking, how can we bring ourselves together into societies which are seen to work for most people. We can stabilize our politics. We can maintain our openness, our freedoms, which are, I think, so precious, while still giving everybody a sense that they're part of a whole. Now, will that be done easily? No, but I think the core of it is to make sure we get back to growth, 
we generate good and reasonably secure jobs for as many people as we possibly can. We spread education really dramatically. We really focus resources on the areas of our countries where people do feel they've been left behind, where they feel they've been abandoned. If we make that the focus of our policy, I think there's a reasonable chance, even in this very different world, given the enormous resources that the developed democracies still have, clearly enormous material resources, intellectual resources, I think we can make life better and more satisfactory for the great majority of our population over the coming generation and also play a big role, as we should, in tackling the continued very large problems of the world. Am I sure we'll succeed? No, but I see no alternative but to trying. Martin Wolf is the chief economics commentator for the Financial Times. Martin, thank you. Thank you. You can read Martin's essay and follow the week-long series at ft.com slash bigread. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.